I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program. Welcome, everyone, to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Graham Tallman, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in virtual reality. We record our episodes live in Altspace every week. You can join us from your PCR or VR headset. Just log into Altspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today... We are joined by the CEO and founder of Evolver, Jeremy Nickel. Evolver is at the intersection between tech and spirituality, and its mission is to ensure that a robust, not-for-profit space for spiritual exploration and personal growth exists in virtual reality. And that's a pretty good mission. So, ladies and gentlemen, give some emoji love to Jeremy. (laughs) Those here in real life, those in virtual life, those in real time, and those in uh, another time. Good to have you all here with us. Yeah, I guess some people, this is like time travel. For the people who watch it on YouTube two weeks from now or this or the podcast, they're going to be hearing our voices from the past. And so there's a whole nexus there. Totally true. But these guys are here. They're here seeing us live. We got Marky, Tom, uh, Max Boonize, Nexus ET, Kristen, Matty Boy, and even Death Hunter. I love the name Death Hunter because uh, a it's a... Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I know that we'll we'll get into it, but I know that you, I've, 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 I think you've done some events about death. Is that right? Well, so uh, Evolver, my community, we have a regular event. I don't host that. That's one that's hosted by uh, actually my father, Tom, who's here in the audience. He's oh. been hosting that one for, I'd say, at least a year. I think both death and uncertainty started around the beginning of the pandemic. So I'd say he's been doing them for 16 months probably now. It's a very popular topic. You know, one of the things that we want to be is, like I said, a really open source space for people to have the kind of conversations and run into the kind of resources that they traditionally would have in their church or temple or mosque or synagogue. We know people aren't going to those places anymore, and I totally mm. understand why they're not. I don't go to those places. They're not like brand wise or you know, historically the places that I want to be connecting to, but I need that stuff. I need community. I need accountability. I need historical resources and, you know, friends and people who share my values. So we're trying to create a place like that where that stuff can happen. And, you know, one of the things that we are totally disconnected from in life these days is death. You know, we hide it away in the hospital. Um, we, we really are scared to talk about it, to see it, to be a part of it. And so my dad is a death doula. So, you know, he spent a lot of time oh, wow. with people in their final times. And as he's moved into VR working with Evolver and we've been figuring out what kind of events he wants to lead, it became an obvious one. And, and it's been really popular from the beginning. Wow. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I, this is, this is accidentally got very heavy very quickly, but I, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, I, my, uh, my father actually, uh, was died had a diet of terminal cancer and had a medically assisted death because when you have terminal illness and they know that the last couple of months yeah. are just going to be pure suffering, he made yeah. the choice to end his life at a given time and date. He checked himself into the hospital. Wow. I was in Los Angeles and he was up in Canada and he said, "So I'm I'm checking into the hospital. I'm not checking out. Fly fly out." And so uh, I flew out and it was the most, m- most profound, most meaningful uh, experience of my life. And I was so proud and happy that he was able to go out on his terms and he was yep. able to say his goodbyes. He was able to uh, do it before too much pain and suffering was not allowing him to say goodbye in a proper way. 
And um, I, I just I just hope that more places will uh, accept medically assisted death as a legal option, because I know in some places it's not. So, yeah. Well, so this is just a taste of what that death Q&A session is like. I mean, everyone has stories like that that they need to talk about. I mean, wow, what an incredible experience to go through with your dad. And I agree, like what what a brave way to go out to really make your decision and pick your time and do it. Yeah. Um, and there's just not places for people to talk about those decisions and how they affect the people around us. And everyone's carrying stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. been a really neat space to open up. Cool. Well, we'll have to talk to your dad a little bit later at the end of the show. But um Absolutely. In the meantime, let's uh, let's go back to uh, the beginning of your story. Uh, the birth. Uh, we started with death. Now we'll go back to the birth. So uh, who? There we go. <laughs> who is Jeremy, and uh, how did you get involved in VR and all of your projects here? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, so. I grew up in a really tech-friendly household. Uh, my parents both uh, worked at and helped run a video production company in the 80s and then a computer production company in the 90s. And so I was always playing with tech. Um, I, I was an early adopter before we had that term, just accidentally by what mm. came through my house. And I played with computers. I played with video cameras and um, you know software and, and um, always just loved that. Um, at the same time, I was really curious spiritually. I never was interested in like finding a spiritual home. Like I need to figure out that I'm a Christian or I need to figure out that I'm Buddhist, but I always loved just talking to people about what they thought about why we're here and how we're supposed to live and what does it all mean? And, um, and so those are very separate things in my life for a long time. Um, and I pursued them both, you know, as a hobby. And then eventually I, I did go to seminary and study to become a Unitarian Universalist minister, which is a really interfaith denomination. It's not a Christian or Buddhist or Muslim or traditional mm. historical religion. Um, you, you're really um, starting a community or leading a community where people come around a few shared values, like every person has inherent worth and dignity. And we really don't know truth we don't know what happens when we die and we know that we're alive right now so let's work on making this world the best we can make it and um i enjoyed leading that community but wasn't in the end of the day really able to fully do what i wanted to do with spiritual community i still felt confined by it and um all along you know i'd been playing with tech and continuing my love for that i was in second life doing stuff when that popped up and um my brother-in-law is an important part of the story. He's a real interesting tech guy himself, and he got me into VR. Hmm. He was starting a VR company, and he lived up in Seattle. He needed someone in the Bay Area to host demos for him. So actually, me and my dad, he's going to appear in the story a couple times, I, I <laughs> uh, started hosting these demos for really interesting people in the Bay Area where they would come in. Same thing would happen every time. They would come in like, I've been to this demo for VR a million times in the last 20 years. It always sucks. Right. We're going to be ready. But this was just when the first, like the CV1 and like the new generation of stuff was just hitting. And so we would strap them in there. I, can't, I think we had an HTC Vive at that mm -hmm. point. And we put them in there and they would get in a demo with my brother-in-law who's up in Seattle and they'd be throwing a football or something and chit-chatting. And like 20 minutes later, they'd get out and they'd be like, wow, I was there with them. Right really felt like I was with him. And I, I'm not the smartest guy you'll ever meet in the world, but I will get it eventually. <laughs> after about, you know, a dozen times of hearing people say that, a light bulb went over my head like, people feel like they're together in VR. 
you know, mm-hmm. that, absolutely. that was the foundation that I felt I could build Evolver on. People share presence. They share space. Their bodies are here together and they feel that. And, and that's the basis for community. You got to have that element. You can't have a community on Zoom. You can nurture a community on Zoom that has other components, but it can't just be that 2D mm-hmm. thing. We need our bodies together. And so I started leading some meditation sessions as low-hanging fruit in alt space. Must be about four years ago, 2017. Mm. Immediately, people were interested in them. Wow. And so I started to transition out of my, you know, Unitarian Universalist gig and into full-time this and have slowly, although the pandemic kind of sped things up, been growing this community ever since. And I see just a bunch of faces out here, a ton of faces out here of of our community members who found us in the last couple of years and are a part of my daily, weekly life, you know, so it's it's pretty awesome. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we got a, a few out here, Rico Suave and uh, and guest of Khaleesi Don and a whole bunch of cool names, Miss Axelrod and person. So uh, by the way, if anyone wants to ask uh, Jeremy a question or give him a comment, uh, use the raise hand option in between each segment, we will uh, take some questions. Um, so I guess your dad was the one, was he the one who was involved in, you said the comp- uh, uh, video uh, a company so so he's sort of been the one who has instilled the tech side of you where does the where does the spiritual 100%. side of you come from um not that your dad can't be tech and spiritual Both my parents yeah 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 no he so he's you know always been the meditator you know he's the one who taught me to meditate um a lot of my spirituality is rooted in social justice work and that is i mean both my dad was involved in that as well but my mom's the one who brought me to protests and rallies and like down to DC. And so, you know, they both were people who really gave me the idea that, you know, I was supposed to live a values based life. And, you know, we were a pretty liberal progressive family. You know, I was growing up in the eighties during Reagan and mm-hmm. it was like the biggest swear word that I knew at the time was, oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, I think I got that from both. Right, of them, really. Got it. And so did I hear you right when you said you were in all space four years ago, 2017, is that before uh, Microsoft even acquired it. Oh Correct. my God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got to be, you've got to be the oldest OG. OG. You are the oldest OG I've ever no, met. No, I've couple, never met no, someone. There's a couple I know here that, <laughs> all right. That is, but yes, there, there are a few people I see regularly who I know were here even for me, but yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, one of the things that benefits a community is staying right. power. You do the same thing for the same time in the same place for a long time you'll attract people and they'll realize that you're really going to consistently be there to give them something good. So I think that's part of the magic is just that I was here a long time ago and I kept at it. Totally. Know? So was there, was there anyone else here who was in, at 2017? Was anyone else going to evolve her back then? Who's who is here in 2018? We have a, we got one 2008 Maddie boy, 2018. Yeah, Pretty boy. good. Uh-huh. Do you, do you remember when Microsoft acquired it? It was like 2017 or 18. Oh, yeah. It was the summer. So I, what I remember is we thought Altspace was done. Right. And it, it was like they were going to pull the plug. And a whole bunch of volunteers got involved. Schmid Tech is one of the people I remember really helping at the time. And um, and then I learned, I didn't know what had happened for a while. I just suddenly heard, oh, it all, you know, Microsoft bought it. And then I heard later that there was some like, you know, Back of the envelope deal drawn up on the playa at uh, Burning Man right. that summer to, uh, you know, move my, Microsoft in as the official owner, you know, because the team, uh, you know, the, the Altspace team seems to be all burners as far as I can tell her a lot of them. So clearly that was, uh, you know, something that stuck around from there, which is, I think, 
you know, in some ways, when I heard that they were getting bought by Microsoft, I was like, oh, geez, like that's not my right. first choice of the platform that I really want to ride with. But um, they've been great. And I think the fact that it's a bunch of, you know, Burning Man folk, mm. it's not, you know, like Microsoft culture, like you might expect it to be. And, you know, Katie's really, I think, done right by us. So totally. Um, I think it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So you've seen all the different iterations. That's true. If I look back through some of your pictures, there was like the old avatars, a lot of the original pictures. So that would have been oh, yeah. uh, from the OG days. And then now you've got your your new avatar. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, there was a guy here named Shane who made this thing called Shane's Editor. Like you didn't used to have World Editor that was just something everyone could use. And this guy Shane made this great little thing that we could all use to start making worlds in here. He built us our first, well, actually, Altspace gave a world that was originally for uh, a Kraken experience. It was called Enter the Kraken, and they took the Kraken out, and they left this beautiful like wooden retreat center in the middle of the water for us, and and then Shane uh, built us something. So we've been through, like you said, all the different iterations right. here for sure. And and so is this your your main home for, I guess, your congregation? Maybe you don't like that word. I don't know. But do you go to other platforms as well? You, you mentioned that you were doing a Second Life back in the day. Or is this really the, the main hub? Yeah, I don't like that that term. Um, I think it's just loaded and right. historically it, it, it pushes people away. We actually started as Sacred VR. And we learned that that term itself was keeping people mm -hmm. away. So Evolver was a kind of uh, evolution. Yes, most of our events are here at Altspace. We have at times had events at tons of different social VR platforms, Sansar, VR Chat, Rec Room, you name it. You know, we've done stuff at all of them. The fact of the matter is when you build the Venn diagram of all the things we need, Altspace VR continues to be the one right in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's got a great audience of amazing people who come through some are kids some are adults some are people from all over the world some are north america you know it's it's really diverse in all those ways it's got a, a covenant of respect that people can't just be you know throwing around hate words and you know really bullying each other there's ways that we can really moderate our events there's ways that we can publicize our events there's ways that we can um, you know, privatize the events versus pub, you know, make them public. So it's just, it's been a great platform for what we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, once again, if anyone wants to ask a question or uh, have a comment for Jeremy, use the raise hand option and we will take it after every sort of uh, section here. We got person Beatrix back there, Z-Man cometh, Keller 1930, whole bunch of rattles. Cool. Um, so, okay. So, so in your so okay we you got your virtual worlds in here and you've got your your virtual community so what uh, do you practice outside of that in in meat space so to speak you said you meditate um, and you're no longer <laughs> practicing reverend or or how does that work funny story how that works um, I retired I thought officially and fully from that to do Evolver uh, about a year and a half ago. I told you uh, before we started the official part of this program that I moved to Boulder, Colorado about three years ago. Um, the local UU community here ended up needing help for the pandemic times. So actually yesterday was my final day in real life, uh, kind of helping them out on an interim basis. So I'm now back to Evolver full time. It's really what I want to be doing is focusing on Evolver. I think it's just the most exciting thing I could be doing with my vocational hours and um, you know, as it continues to grow and, and more energy comes to it, it really just makes me think we got something here and, and I want to be able to 
continue to grow that. Yeah, that's amazing that you're able to to to, to do that. It's you know the, the the audience is growing, but of course, even though you've been here for so long and you were a real early adopter, you're still at early. That was like pioneer. This is early adopter, right. and so but you do find that the people uh, every time a new Oculus Quest comes out, there's more people coming in and more people interested in that's meditation. Right. That's that's great. It's it's great to hear. You know, you read our mission statement at the beginning, um, you know, that it's really important for us to to have this nonprofit space for spiritual exploration and personal growth. And, you know, I will never have $10 million like uh, the trip app people just mm-hmm. got or 11 million, whatever they got mm-hmm. last week. Um, that's probably not going to suddenly happen for us. But what I hope is that if I got in here early enough and did high quality enough stuff for long enough that we, our brand would be known throughout the VR space because of that, you know, because of the quality and the early, uh, you know, the, the space that we were able to create early on in, in here. And, and I think that's kind of what's happened so far. Um, you know, we are a small operation compared to something like trip, but I think, you know, when I've seen surveys that have been done by colleges where they're trying to study, you know, meditation in VR and they list the Evolver community right next to the trip app and anything else. So, you know, I feel like we're doing a good job of punching above our weight. And, and part of that's because we're in here. Early. Totally, totally, totally makes sense. Um, and so and and you still uh, meditate outside of VR regularly. Uh, do you have a, a certain type of meditation that you typically do or do you mix it up or what? Yeah, I, I will. So coming into a community like Evolver, where we have so many different session leaders, I've really opened up my practice. Um, I would say for the last, so to answer your question directly, yes, I meditate every morning. Um, but then I have been exposed to so many different great practices by our session leaders. We've got about 12 different people leading meditation sessions for us currently. And some of them are really traditional and trained in really traditional, uh, you know, uh, styles. Some of them are are much more new age. And I, it's just been really awesome. I think of it like when you go to the gym, if you just did one machine every mm-hmm. time, like you have the weirdest looking muscles in mm-hmm. the world, you know, mm-hmm. you got to go and work out on a ton of different machines and, and work out your whole body. And it's similar with meditation when I was doing just, and I, you know, there's, there's value in going deep with something. Um, but there's also value in not just having that one move. And so it's just been great for me over the last couple of years to really expand what my meditation practice is. So, um, you know, this has been awesome for me as much as anything. Cool. Yeah. And I've, I saw some pictures online of you in certain monasteries and, and things like that. So have you traveled the world with looking for different spiritual practices as well? Yeah. I love to think of myself as a spiritual adventurer. That would be like the, the term I would consider who I am, you know, as a lifestyle choice, as a vocation. Um, and, and so, um, between high school and college, I lived in uh, Kathmandu for wow. half a year and lived with a Tibetan Buddhist family. And that's when uh, Buddhism really kind of opened up for me. And when I really started to get hungry to just eat through philosophical systems, both by reading about them, but even more so by experiencing them in real life going into the communities. So, you know, I've worshipped in mosques and in temples uh, of Jewish and Hindu and Buddhist varieties. I've, you know, gone to Baha'i communities for services and, um, you know, Wiccan pagan services. And I, I love it all where I truly get fed spiritually more than anything is live music. Like I am a huge fan of 
this this Friday night, me and my wife will go out and I'll just dance my fucking ass mm-hmm. off for, you know, several hours. And um, to me, that's the most spiritually, like I'll just lose my sense of self and just kind of let, let all that happen. So I like to find my spiritual practice wherever I can. And yes, I've been, I go to India every, you know, every time I can to, I've been on a, a pilgrimage with my dad uh-huh. again to bring him back in here. We, we did a, a, a Buddha's life kind of pilgrimage together for a bunch of years ago. And wow. yeah, I, I love eating it up in any way I can. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's, I guess music is, is often connected with this kind of spirituality. Like you've got Sufis, right. Who go for into sure. trances through music and they, yep. uh, that's how they're, they're sort of a, they don't, it's not a meditation per se, but it's sort of a connecting with something larger than themselves. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And I've seen that you've had, yeah, I mean, yeah go ahead. Well, the American musical forced migration of African slaves from, you know, Western Africa, the Yoruban and other cultures, and and they brought spiritual music with them. It became secular music in the South because it was illegal for them to make the music that they did spiritually. So they did it secularly for white people who paid them to. And, and so that jazz and blues that became everything we know of as American music is deeply spiritual i mean those rhythms and and you know all that cadence and and everything is is just deep in our soul you know so that that gets me every time yeah very cool um cool all right well we'll uh we'll keep moving along here if anyone has any question uh just let us know we got rattles and hag and um let's see who else marky and uh celestial how's it going celestial um very cool so i think are, is it celestial maybe a dj maybe uh, she's got some music uh some love for music as well let's see what uh one person wants to say here oh they just dropped their hand uh, all right, cool. Well, um, so let's just uh, let's move along to talk about your different projects here. So I love the worlds that you've created. They're very meditative. As soon as you enter them, there's kind of a calm presence to them. Uh, and um, I love this one. The one that I have up here, and if anyone wants to see these pictures, we're going to post this on YouTube, but also the Simulation Nation on Instagram. Uh, I almost saw these as like cherry blossoms, like pink cherry blossoms. I don't know if that's what you were going for, but... Um, what is your your idea behind so our, these spaces? Yeah, so let me say first, our world designer, his name is Alan Chappell. I, I don't, I talk to him about what we're going to do and what our plans are. But the reason our worlds are so incredible is because I don't make them. <laughs> uh, I've been working with Alan, who probably a lot of you yeah. know, here in Altspace for several years. After Shane left with Shane's editor, I started working with Alan. And he's a genius. I mean, there's no other word for it. He is able to capture a feeling of a place using um, color and shape and sound. And, uh, you know, I'll sit around for a little while and, and I'll kind of talk about the idea I have for a new space. And then weeks later, he'll be like, let me show you something. And it'll be like 10 times beyond what I was describing. Right. No. He- so yes, this is one of my favorites. This was the first place we made when the Unity uploader became a thing here, and it really opened up so many possibilities for us. And uh, it's one of our all-time favorites still. It's this beautiful opening in the woods, um, and and it just has this beautiful light in it. And yes, I, I don't know if he was going for cherry blossoms, but it certainly has that right. feel. Um, and actually, if you I don't know if you've been in the space, but as you walk down the steps, you can then go down to the water. And that's actually modeled off after a place in India that both Alan and I have been to called Varanasi, which is 
one of the oldest uh, continually inhabited cities in the world. And um, it's wow. where the Ganges meets. Uh, well, it's really one of the most holy spots of the Ganges for Hindus. And so that, that was when we were just spitballing ideas, we were talking about that. And then it, it kind of unfolded into this whole space. Wow. And but you, you went there together or you were separate at different times in your life? Except, no, we just wow. happened to have both been there. Yeah. Very cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Alan's great. He, he did, uh, I think he did the Brooklyn rooftop, right? He did a few spaces Absolutely. like that. Um, I think he's, yep. he's, yeah, I, I think he's possibly too shy to come and be an interview, but I would <laughs> love to have him at some point. Um, before we go on with uh, your worlds here, let's let, I think uh, Kalisti Don finally has the microphone here. Let's let Kalisti speak. How's it going, Kalisti? Hi, thanks for, um, thanks for hosting this. Um, uh, and thank you, Jeremy, for all your great work with Evolver. I've been hanging out for most of the last year. I think it's great. Um, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on just um, the direction of virtual reality in, in terms of bringing compassionate practices and empathy and like just mindfulness meditation, just bringing this kind of activity into virtual reality. I just wonder if you had thoughts about specifically that translation into the digital and i guess my a little slightly more context is for me i wasn't really going to adopt vr apparently until it moved away from kind of the first person sort of you know solo experiences a little bit some of those were very very great don't get me wrong but um you know some of the 360 videos i saw back in the day but moving into vr for meditation and empathy and compassion building and that kind of stuff really was really more appealing to me. And I'm wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Oh, great question. Yeah. I mean, so many thoughts I'll try to be, uh, be brief. I mean, you know, I often say that technology is totally a neutral thing, right? And humanity will bring our best and worst selves into whatever tech that we create. And it's certainly, um, true with, with VR. And, um, I have a lot of hopes and dreams for what this technology can do, especially as it continues to evolve and melt into AR or, or whatever we call that kind of next iteration. But, you know, I've seen some apps that do an interesting job of, of working with those ideas, like I Am a Man, which was made by the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, uh, that's based on um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s last week of life at the sanitation worker strike. It puts you into the bodies of the people who were in those moments and um, it's really powerful and it's not very well done. And it, you can see the possibilities there. Um, you know, in our events, uh, Kalisti is a regular, regular, regular frequent flyer of our overview effect meditation. And, you know, the idea of this meditation is we all start together like we are right now on the surface of planet Earth. And by the end of the meditation, we are up looking, we are looking down at planet Earth from, you know, tens of thousands of feet above, you know, where the International Space Station is. And the idea is to bring a meditation that's been possible in our minds for a long time into another level of existence where, you know, you can have people close their eyes and imagine that journey floating up above the Earth, um, but really be with people from around the world looking down at planet Earth and talking about how we're all in this together. And look, there's no lines between countries when you look at the earth for real you know there's no difference between us when you see this you know we can do things with this technology that we could never do before and floating 30 people up to outer space to look at our earth can change people you know it can literally shift people's consciousness and we are like 
you were talking about what stage is this still early adopter or pioneer? I don't know what to call it, but it's early. It's definitely still early. And this is going to seem like a clunky joke five or 10 years from now. So if we can do that right now, what will we be doing then as long as we keep this robust not-for-profit space where we don't have to worry about making money, you have to worry about transforming hearts and minds, you know? So I think, I think the possibilities are endless, but I think you knew I thought that and you just wanted to give me a chance to say it. <laughs> well, and I'm glad she did. Thank you so much for the question. Um, we got, we'll get, I'll take one more here and then we'll, we'll get back to the slides. Uh, Rick rolls. Rick. Jeremy, I just really want to thank you because, uh, you know, I originally came to VR to uh, shoot zombies and play Star Wars. And um, I discovered one day just randomly a Buddhist temple with that man right there, Kiyoki in the middle. And mm -hmm. I, I was really just like really floored by the fact that these are real people doing real work. And for me, I was just like, oh, this is virtual reality, but this is a whole new area. Now, for me, the question I'm trying to get to is um, what besides like I've seen meditation, I see um, group um, sharing and a space for people to share. But like, what are the other pillars that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm only on like pillars one and two. I had the meditation space. I have the community space. I'm interested to see what's your next step. There's the idea of the technology we, and you talked about in the last question. I want to hear from you, you know, give us a sneak peek of what's to come with evolve, evolve P, uh, VR. Yeah. Well, cool. a fun question. Oh. Yeah. Uh, really great to have you here, Rick. And I think, you know, social justice I mentioned earlier is a real passion for my, for me. And it's not something that I've been able to really connect into here yet. And so I think, um, you know, I think that, America is a deeply racist uh, culture full of white supremacy and major issues around race. And so I, I feel almost guilty that Evolver hasn't been more of a vehicle for that work. Um, I think, uh, you know, I am myself a cisgendered white man uh, who has a lot of work always to do on myself. And I know that without accountability partners and resources, I just don't do that work, even though I know I should, you know, so um, I really want to bring that more front and center to what Evolver is doing. Um, I never meant, you know, my father is uh, someone who taught me to meditate at a young age. And I think usually would identify as a Buddhist, although I don't want to put words in his mouth. Um, I think I didn't mean to start a Sangha as much as I did. And it's great that we have this really strong Buddhist community, but I want to support people who are in all kinds of box of spiritual life. And so think we can do a broader, better job of that. People who are pagan, people who are connected to historical faith traditions, um, you know, I want them to have resources that they can find that fit their journey here as well. Um, so, continuing to expand and open the depth of what we can offer to people so we can really meet uh, more people where they are. Uh, I think that that, along with the social justice piece, are, are my hopes for the next chapter. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot to lot to unpack there. You've got a big, big, uh, big mission on your shoulders, uh, and, and hopefully you're 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 able to levitate with <laughs> your spirit is able to levitate with your avatar as you go into these uh, meditations to help you uh, achieve that. It's re really amazing. I'm gonna take. Uh, we'll take another I wake question. Up every day, 
thrilled that I get to do the work I right. do with Evolver. Totally. You know, like other work I've done, you wake up and you're like already tired. You're like, oh, I got to do that today. This shit lights me on fire in all the best ways. Right. You know. So. Yeah. If we could all be spiritual adventurers for our, our day job, that's pretty incredible uh, that, that <laughs> you're able to, to do that. Um, I'll take the next question after. We'll just go uh, through one more slide here and then take another question. So the, I, you, you talked about your when you meditate that you're able to go up into the space. So you, you're creating a, a visual sort of of what it feels like to meditate or have a bigger expansive picture of the world, I guess you'd say. And then the other thing that I loved about your events is these auras. Do you want to explain the auras to people? Sure. Also created by Alan. Um, so we've been trying to understand how to fund Evolver. Uh, you know, it takes money to build a spiritual community that can support all these people. And we want to make sure that it's never money it is a barrier to people entering our event. So we try to do as much as we can totally for free. Then we wanted to find a way to entice people to, you know, subscribe or whatever the right term is for it. And so we started using Patreon about two years ago. Um, we've never really advertised it besides word of mouth at our events. We have a monthly subscription of three different tiers. And one of the bonuses is in our events, uh, you can get these auras. So again, it's not keeping anyone out of our events. Like you got to buy a ticket into the event, but if you are a supporter, you get something extra in there. You still get the same meditation and the same, you know, attention and love and all that. But um, we wanted to figure out incentives. Right. And so that's one of them. We also have some events through every month that are just for our Patreon members. So we do have a few, uh, I think we have five or six most months now. They're for the people who are helping support us monthly. Um, and if people come to me and they say like, I really am into Evolver and I want to be a part of this and I just can't afford any of the tiers, we just put them in, you know? So again, it's not about keeping people out financially. It's about finding incentives for the people who can afford to help us do this, to do that. And people love the auras. It's been a, a nice effect. Of yeah. One. There's, a, I, you know, it's two things that I wanted to, to say about that. The first is that it's uh, amazing that you're able to take this community online through the pandemic. I, I went to a, I used to go to a meditation center before the pandemic in Santa Monica. And, you know, we would give donations when you can. It's free service, but you give what you can. And I think that, that completely makes sense that you can take that online now, have an international uh, audience of people who are uh, practicing with you, and then be able to give them perks and, and benefits. And the perks, though, they tie into the spiritual nature. So for those of you who are just listening to the podcast, um, basically, uh, there's an aura around the avatar that are different colors, you can get the red aura, the green aura, sort of a a, a white aura. And I guess it just is uh, something that represents the spirit within, say. It's another funny story about religion and, and pop culture. Um, originally, they were kind of halos. Mm. Honestly, they looked more like halos. That was our first idea, which is so funny that we wouldn't think of auras originally as a sangha, but we thought of halos first. And people, they say, it said on the little board, like, click here to spawn a halo, and people freaking mm. hated it. They were like, no way. I don't want anything to do with a halo. Um, and then Alan like lowered them a little bit and expanded them. And he's like, oh, it's an aura. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. We switched it to an aura and suddenly everyone loved it. Mm. So, you know, that's a term that people feel comfortable with. Um, that's a term that people don't connect historically to the same kind of stuff maybe that they do halo. Uh, but yeah, it's been a real fun one for us to bring in for sure. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, all right. Well, let's take another question here. We got some 
people, Rawman and Optic and uh, uh, a, f- a few others, pers- Person back there. Actually, I think Person is one of the people who has a question. So let's let Person, um, let's let Person ask his question. What's up, Person? What's up, Person? Good to see you. Hello. Uh, actually, give you a little bit of context. I know I'm one of the people that very much came in I, at, right at pandemic start. I was, you know, I was very much a camp pandemic evolver person. Uh, you know, because the ho- uh, the job at the hotel, like I laid off at the hotel, and then I was like, right. then I was using I I was using my headset that I used to just watch basketball with, and then I was looking for something else to do. And that's when I discovered Evolver. But also, um, that picture, that slide you've got up, that actually is a little bit more profound than you think, because actually, what that slide is is that's after a meditation. You know, when we're all done. Just right. having a conversation yeah. about our lives with each other in community after the meditation. And that's such an important part of it. But actually, my question is about uh, what was your original idea when you came up with, with Circles? Which I, I have to admit, Circles is one of my favorite Evolver things these days. I, I, I just don't know what I would do without my Circle. I, 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 it's just Love an essential that. part of my week. Yeah. Well, so the, it connects actually person to what you were say, saying about this picture. Um, and you're so right, you know, like the meditations are awesome and our session leaders are incredible and the worlds are beautiful, but it's the community and the people who show up are the true magic of Evolver and people love each other and they love hanging out and talking and playing cards against humanity on Friday evening or sitting in the hot tubs, you know, Saturday evening or, or whatever it is. And, and so, you know, meditating every day is the best thing you can do for yourself. And it's really hard, hard to do anything every day. And so I think having the incentive of knowing that you're going to show up and you're going to see Kristen and you're going to see person and you're going to see Miss A and you're going to see Tom and you're going to see, you know, uh, Mark and, and David. I mean, there's so many people in here who I look forward to seeing very regularly. And then I'm there and then I'm meditating and it, and it, and it's all part and parcel. And so circle program you asked about the circle program is, um, Groups of eight and under, generally, although this this session got a little out of control. But generally, we keep them to uh, under eight people in a group, and they meet up once a week with a topic that I provide them, and they're led by a facilitator who's been, you know, at least trained or experienced in being in the circles for a while. And um, so, your question was, where did I come up with them? I didn't come up with them. It's an old school practice. It's called small group ministry. Christian churches have been doing it forever. My UU congregations do it. I just blatantly stole it. You know, all the best stuff is stolen and repurposed. And so um, I I was aware that we wanted to move into that as Evolver grew. As a group grows above 150 people, it's hard to feel the same intimacy as before. And so you want to create intentional small communities within it. And so I knew we were going to have that program eventually. And then when the pandemic hit, it was all the more important that we got people in deep, intimate conversation with each other. I knew there was going to be a ton of isolated people who were going to be at home, just craving conversation and friends. And so we started the circle program then so that people could, you know, get in these little groups and, and it's been really popular. We've usually had 50 or 60 people from around the world in these little groups. They meet for make a commitment for about 10 or 12 weeks, the cycle, meet once a week for 90 minutes and have these discussions. And we give them a topic like this week is uh, coming up. The topic is resiliency and it's got some conversation starters. 
but the conversation goes wherever it goes. If someone's got something going on, we talk about that. Some current event thing is happening. We talk about that. You know, sometimes we get through one question, sometimes all of them, but it's an excuse to go deep with people. And I just know we need that more than ever for, for so many reasons. Absolutely. That's great. Um, and, and to, 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 to your first point person, it's interesting because I was saying that I, I used to go to a meditation center before the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic, they tried to do it on zoom and it just wasn't the same. And I think mm-hmm. part of the reason was because you yeah. can't hang out afterwards and talk with people and get to know people. And so that community was missing on zoom because, you know, when one person talks on zoom, the other voices are, right. are zoned out. Right. So, um, that's, that's really interesting. Um, Okay, well, we'll take we'll take one more right now, and then we'll uh, just move on to the final slides. I think we've got raw man. Yeah, right in front. Thank you. Yeah, what's up? Just um, I, I, a lot of times I I make it toward the middle to near the end. My internet doesn't drop out on me before I finish. Mm-hmm. Horrible late lately, but uh, I swear God, that is definitely like one of my favorite things about the meditation groups is is just hearing hearing people speak from the heart um whether it's no matter no matter what it's about it, it always inspires me to to comment on on something uh, whether it be i can relate to them or or uh, or sparks an interest that i'm interested in uh, it's a real human contact and uh feeling like a, a need that a lot of people don't have access to. Um, so I'm, I'm like very grateful that this is ever since I used to like download and try every game. This is like the only one I've been playing for the past three months. <laughs> and the meditation is, is a big part of it. Cool. It's great to hear. Thanks, Absolutely. Great. Um, okay. Well, let's keep moving on. We'll take uh, the next questions in just a, a little bit. So, um, so this is an element. So, you know, I, I, I have to, you know, the, the, have you found that people wearing the headset are having uh, some kind of different experience than if they were not having a headset on? And I imagine that if the headsets get lighter and lighter and less cumbersome, then maybe there will be more of an easy flow to the meditation. Have you, ex- what's your thoughts on that? Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, we have, a, we have a frequently asked questions, you know, bar on our website. And one of them is, uh, you know, what's it like to meditate with a brick on your face or a hot <laughs> brick on your face or something like that. Uh, you know, I think what meditation ultimately is about is learning how to deal with distraction it's about a lot of things. So I don't mean to be so reductive and overly simplistic, but that's one of the things it's about is really dealing with distraction and learning how to be a centered uh, mind despite what's going around you. So in some ways, the hot brick on your face is yet another distraction, another teacher. We like to, to think of distractions as teachers in meditation, right? So the bird that's tweeting outside your window, that's driving you crazy is all you can focus on is a great teacher because what you're trying to do is, is, leave that distraction behind and let it float away and get back to what you really want to focus on. And so, um, you know, I think it's a real thing for people the first time they try to meditate with the goggles on, they're aware of it. And I think by the second or third time, they completely forget. I mean, you just get used to goggles in general in VR. I mean, I've been in, I don't even, it's like a second part of my body, but um, I think that 
doesn't end up being a big as big a deal as people think it will be. All right. That's great. Great to hear. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, yoga, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> you know, we're trying to figure out how to do yoga well in here. Mm. That's that's different because you really do want to have a feeling of spatialness around you and awareness and that kind right. of thing. So I think with meditation it, it actually ends up uh, not being Right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I, I said I, this, this meditation center I went to is this guy, Jack Cornfield, and he was like, you know, I, sure. I studied meditation in the forests of Cambodia and I got malaria. And I went to the, I went to the, the, the guru or whoever and said, what do I do? I have malaria. And they said, we all have had malaria. You fight through it. So, so the next time someone goes and complains about a headset, just say, at least you don't have malaria in a Cambodian forest while having a 10 month silent retreat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, the things that that Gotamo was doing to himself up in those caves pales in comparison to whatever we do with these goggles. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Cool. Okay, let's take a question from uh, Dabib. Probably said that wrong. It's my man Dabib. Dab yeah. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? It wasn't so much a question as an observation. Um, I came into Evolver about two and a half years ago. I moderated the sessions for Jeremy. And at that time, my wife had just been erroneously diagnosed as having early Alzheimer's. And of course, she, as Jeremy knows, she passed in September. Evolver has become like a family for me, uh, both for myself and in fact, from, from a stepson who's come in, come in and out a couple of times as well. And my week now is actually centered around which sessions I'm doing in Evolva. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, me and Dal would have an incredible, like, real relationship. He's just like a friend of mine who happens to be someone who I see in VR. But, like, we've been through him losing his wife together, one of the like, most real things that can ever happen. And we've had a number of things like that happen in our community. And it's it just reinforces to me, like we call this VR and it's virtual, but you know, everything is virtual at some level. I don't know that my human body is any more real at the end of the day, but my relationship with him is incredibly real. You know, we are deeply connected. And as he mentioned, he moderates my events and it's one of those things where um, to me, I think moderation's a bummer, you know, and, and it's like, oh, you can't really be at the event. You're like moderating the whole time. He, he loves it. It's like a beautiful role for him. And so it's one of those things where we realized in our community, like people have so many different gifts and talents and Evolver is about, you know, kind of tapping into all those and just letting them flow so that we can support each other. And I think we do a pretty good job of it here in VR. Amazing. Cool. Um, okay, I've got one more uh, little section here, and then we will open it up to all the final questions. So you have touched on it a little bit, the future. So where do you think, uh, we'll start with where do you think VR and is headed? And where do you think that intersection of spirituality and, and VR or of spirituality and tech is headed? Yeah, well, I think, you know, just VR and, and I use the words AR and spatial uh, earlier, you know, I, I don't know if that's a continuum or how, how people think about that, but I see them kind of as a continuum. And so I think in five years, I don't know, 10 years at other level of uh, spatial computing will be possible where, you know, I have some like cool looking Ray-Ban sunglasses on. And if I want to, I can just bring a little bit of information into the room. You know, I can put my friend Spitfire over there. She can be sitting in the chair um, you know, across the room from me and, and, and otherwise I see my room just like it really is in real life. 
Spitfire sitting in the chair there and we're talking, you know, or I can go to full VR mode on those suckers and black out everything and drop into another world. You know, I think we'll be able to choose the level we want of immersion. You know, my mom will never really want to do this, you know, but she might want to have the directions for what she's making for dinner just floating right here with a little video that shows her how to do pieces or the directions when she's driving or whatever, you know? So, so I really love idea of seeing this continue to bake into something that allows us to be more mainstream. I, I think that that can be something that a whole lot more people get involved with. So does it mean for my community? I think, um, you know, one of the things we try to say is like, we're totally agnostic when it comes to platforms. So right now, Altspace is right in the middle of that Venn diagram I described. We are continuing to evaluate other platforms that are both you know, VR and other kinds of platforms to roll to. Our goal isn't to be the best VR community we can be. It's the community that can connect the most people in the world to these resources. So we'll continue to, to play that out. Does it mean we have a standalone app at some point? Maybe. Uh, I really like using the guerrilla tactics we've used of just kind of using the existing apps and not having to pay for all the resources that go into that. Um, so I hope that we'll continue to, to at least do some of that. Um, but I think we'll stay nimble and, and continue to evolve with, you know, the technology and, and look for the opportunities that are there and, and any way that we can get these people connected, we will. One of the things we're going to do this year for the first time is some in real life events. Um, just as a little teaser for our um, beautiful Evolver community out there, we're working on a November in real life event and uh, and one in the uh, spring of 2022. So we're starting to think about how do we get some of these beautiful people together in real life too. Great. Amazing. Um, yeah, that's it's, I love how you you sort of say it's like guerrilla tactics. That's really interesting. It keeps you nimble. It keeps you light. It keeps you able to adapt. And of course, you are an evolver, so it keeps you evolving. So, uh, totally get that. That's right. Got to got to be true to the name. <laughs> Absolutely, that's amazing. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, answer the final question here. We've got um, mix Miss Axler. Miss Axelrod. Yeah. What's that gonna say? Hello. Um, I just wanted to echo just really what Dalbert said before, where, I mean, this community has just really become such a big part of my life. I can't believe that. I mean, it's going to be a year just since I, I joined Volver, and I know what drew me to it was, like many people, it was the start of the pandemic, and I was working from home, and I wasn't going to my temple, and just got the idea just to, to get a headset, and I had really no idea just really what what I would find. Um, and after just doing a little bit of investigation, I noticed just all space had just a lot of different groups and activities. And as soon as I saw just um, what Evolver had to offer, it just looked like it was right in my alley. And now I've, I've just made so many just wonderful friends through this community and just look forward, just like Dalvik was saying, to the different events just every night. And um, I can't believe that just not even a year ago that I really, that I, I didn't know anybody here yet, but it's been, it's been wonderful. I really one, of things, it. Amazing. one of the things that Miss A makes me remember to mention is our discord server, because it's such a huge yes. part of our community also. And, and Miss A is a huge part of that. So, you know, uh, you gotta be in the goggles to be in here and do our events and meet up and hang out. And that's cool. We do a lot of that. I think a lot of our, community members are in here every day checking in with each other. But um, we started the Discord server, gosh, 
uh, Jared would know probably for sure exactly when because he pinged it recently. But um, a couple of years ago, we started the server, the, and and it it was pretty slow to get started. But again, maybe six months before the pandemic, it started to take off, and it's a place where people can be all day checking in with each other. We've got all these channels on the Evolver Discord server where, you know, all, all these people who are out here are talking all day. Like Miss A, we, we just recently named our music channel after her. She's like the greatest music file of all time. Mm. Um, and we've got, you know, serious channels about meditation and stuff, but also fun stuff about the art we're doing and the music we're listening to and, um, you know, just what's going on in our life. So um, that that Discord server really opened up another level of being together for us and has continued to be a really important part of the fuel of, of what makes the community tick. Cool. Very cool. All right. Let's go to Nexus ET. Hi. And so I just wanted to echo some of the things people were saying about, um, intergenerational things. And in my, I'm a Silicon Valley kid. I'm in East Hills and in Allen rock. And, um, I was born in Palo Alto. Oh, that's where and I was. Right. <laughs> so my mom, um, when I saw the Tibetan temple, I knew that I could bring my parents in and my mother, the first thing she did was, um, she went to wanderer and I knew that I could get her to evolver. So it's just a really wonderful thing. Um, you know, to know that you can bring people in because there's, there's a space that's, it's just really, um, sacred for lots of different people. And also there's a lot of people I think who, um, from different traditions of spiritual healing from so many places around the world. And so there's a lot of people I've met who, who come together through Evolver, um, knowing that they want to contribute. And the overview effect is just my favorite thing. I, I can't even describe it. Um, but the effect, everybody who's done the overview effect of meditation is just sending out healing, experiencing healing. And I just, I stare at the globe as it turns and just focus on, on working what, um, whatever I can, whatever we can, you know, share. So thank you. Thank you so much. That's so beautiful to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Next is great. Um, yeah, the intergenerational part of that is the, the part I would really pick up on too. I mean, I saw Jared in here at one point, you know, we've got a few people who are high schoolers. We've got people who are in college. We've got twenties and thirties. We've got forties and fifties. You know, my dad is not by far the only person who's in the retirement zone um, we are a true intergenerational diverse community in so many ways. And, and that is so special because you don't get that a lot in at earth these That's days. True. That's amazing. Um, rattles. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, um, uh, like everybody else sort of echo the, the benefits of it. I came to Evolver after, um, having a couple of pretty major losses. And my my family, all my people, sorry, I'm nervous in big groups. All of my family was 3,000 miles away. So um, that was the nearest person I could have a conversation with was 3,000 miles away. And I kind of happened into a revolver. So um, and suddenly I'm, I have, I'm playing cards and hanging out in hot tubs and it's brilliant. Um, so my question for Jeremy or something for him to talk about is that that. You know, I'm on, as far as I know, you're in Evolver 24-7. Um, I know from experience that I've said on the Discord, wouldn't it be so cool if we could do this? And all of a sudden, Jeremy's hopping into the conversation saying, oh, we can do that. And five minutes later, it's done. <laughs> and, uh, and like, when there's a crisis, it lands on Jeremy's doorstep, you know, from anybody's life. So my question 
is where do you get all the energy and what keeps you able to be jumping on everything every five minutes and still handling everybody else's crises? Well, there's a lot of things to say about that. One is Rattles, you're just a sweetheart, and I just love that you stuck with our community the way you did, especially where it seemed like you were a little suspicious of us <laughs> first. I mean, the reason, of course, you got to be suspicious, right? You just, uh, I just couldn't imagine the Discord without you and your your Rattles News Network. Um, I get fed by you all, you know. I mean, that's really true, you know. Like just hearing the stories of people reflecting back on how much Evolvers meant to them, like. I needed that space for me the same way you all needed it for you, you know? And so it really feeds me to wake up, like I said, every morning and know that I don't have to like be a stockbroker or I don't have to sell cars or, I mean, like those are all things that have to get done. And I don't mean to make people feel bad who do those things, but like, I want to do this so badly, create space where people can figure out with other people how to be a little better than they were yesterday, how to be a little more fully the person that they know they can be. And knowing that that's happening, it just, it makes me feel great. That being said, I'm really good with boundaries. You know, I really try to be totally checked out on Mondays. Like that's my Sabbath day to just be. Um, we have developed an amazing group of leaders, both session leaders and unofficial leaders who can handle stuff now and do. Um, you know, I feel like there's a ton of resources within our community to help out. And, and so that load has, I feel like lessened over time. And it's what I love to do is be with y'all and know what's going on with you. That's how I love to spend my time. So, um, you know, that's, that's the best thing I could be doing with my time. So I, I don't, I do get exhausted at times like any, of you, but you know, then I, you know, just disappear for a minute. Nice. Well, it's great to find something that makes you rejuvenated it's not called work if you enjoy it right it's uh, a calling i guess you'd say That's exactly right. right amazing yep cool okay well we had uh ramen was one of our early questions and we're gonna have ramen uh close it out here so here's the last question ramen what's up beautiful thank you i hope my internet holds out i, I, I i've got too much to say i wish i could um, I have to try to remember to, to um, bring some more more stuff up in the future. But a lot of officers. Oh, all that lead up. <laughs> yeah, it happens sometimes like that. Ramen, been there, my yeah. friend. One of the quirky things about events is you know sometimes when you have the most profound thing to say is exactly when the technology gods zap you. That's right. It's the there. it's mm -hmm. the silence the silence that says it all right yes that's it that's right uh well sorry Robin but um uh but I'm uh we'll have to I'll open it up as soon as we're done here and we can hang out and hopefully Robin will be able to ask you uh you know when he returns um so where can people find you you mentioned Discord Jeremy uh where is that the best place for people to go or where else should they go to find you. Well, I would say our website is the place to start, which is evolver.org, E-V-O-L-V-R.org. And there, there's a link that will be an invite right into our Discord server if you want to check that out. It's got a link to our schedule in Altspace so you can see when all of our different sessions are. Um, you know, we've got a Facebook page and an Instagram and a Twitter, and you can check all that out. But the website's probably the, the best place to start. Great. Got it. Um Okay, well, Ramen is back. We're going to give him one more shot here. How's it going, Ramen? All right. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, I'll try to be real brief, but uh, I see this uh, like as a such so much potential as a platform, uh, including meditation, but and as well. I, I I would love to to see this break off into its own entity. And maybe it, it kind of, I almost have like a vision of like a collective college where people don't have to pay to go somewhere and, and learn together and teach together. And it's learning how to, how to get along with people from, from different parts of the world. So and I wish I could see the statistics on how many people got kicked out and there should be some kind of reform program to slowly let them back in. And if, if they're, if they, Learn how to be a human with each other. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's no coincidence that, you know, I think we're one of the bigger communities in all space. One of the other major communities is educators in VR, another amazing people doing awesome work. And I think when people picture VR, picture, you know, I go into Population One. Uh, I, I enjoy that game. And, and I know that like lots of people come in here and they play games, the shooter games or whatever racing games and make art and all that stuff. And that's what people picture that we're doing. They don't picture that we're meditating together, right? They don't picture that people are getting together like the educators in VR and plotting the future of education so that there can be free libraries, free classrooms for everyone who needs them. But we can build that future too. Burning Man. People don't picture that Burning Man is in here bringing their art and peace and love in the most amazing way that you can imagine. So, um, you know, I think we got to keep telling these stories. Tell people about Evolver. Tell people about educators in VR. Tell people about Burning Man VR. Tell them about these beautiful things. Simulation Nation that's telling these stories. We got to get these alternate stories out there. And I know some people are doing that. We got to do it more. So, uh, yeah, be a, be a evangelical VR user the best way. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that's a perfect spot to end it. So, so thank you so much, uh, Jeremy, for coming by today. Obviously, from people speaking here, what you're doing means a lot to a lot of people. And uh, I'm glad that we can hopefully put a spotlight on you and help grow your community. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity and love what you're doing, man. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for teleporting into this worldcast of Simulation Nation, whether you're with us in virtual reality or 2D or listening to the podcast a week from now on Spotify or iTunes. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, Facebook and Discord, and join us next time for our trip into the metaverse. Until then, stay plugged, my friends.